Thankful for safe arrival of baby Shemish. And uh, for my parents, grandchild 11. All right, so praise the Lord for that. And another nephew to spoil and uh, spend time with and looking forward to, to that. And uh, I got a, got a attempted phone call from Justin last night at around midnight. I was asleep. And um, so I woke up, my, my wife woke me up at four in the morning, and she said, oh, she nudged me, Rena had the baby. So, you know, sort of waking up a little bit, and I looked at my phone, I got a missed call from Justin, then a missed text from Justin that said, in a tent on Bribey Island, pray, baby coming, or something along those lines. And so they had, they had a, uh, planned a couple of nights away, just before baby came, but baby decided now's the time. All right, so and so glad for uh, God's uh, God's blessing that way and, and healthy delivery, and appreciate the church praying for them. And uh, we're going to look at John chapter four this evening. Just to read a couple of verses together. Um, but you know, I often marvel at the Lord when you read through all of what He did during his, his time here on earth, during his, his earthly ministry. And we understand, I think, from a doctrinal point of view, that the Lord Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And just the, the, the things that we read about the Lord, we can't doubt his deity. We can't doubt his, uh, just, just the, the, the fact that he is God. But I think the things that most endear the Lord to us at times is also just the evidences of his humanity. And, you know, you read through the Gospels and you read through and you see that the Lord Jesus at times hungered, he thirsted. There were times where he weeps. There were those things that he went through and we understand that he was tested like we are, and yet without sin. And we recognize all of that. And, but what, what we often found as well was, was Jesus got tired at times. And just the, just the thought of that, the God of the universe in his, uh, his incarnation here on earth, as he walked around amongst the people he was going to die for and and he felt there and he understood their weariness. And that's a comfort for me because there's times where I get weary, right? Anyone else? There's times we get weary. And the Bible tells us, be not weary in well-doing, right? And in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And weariness doesn't mean there that we just... The, the encouragement there is that even through all of that, we still keep going. And I think the Lord Jesus really exemplified that more than anyone else. And we read that here in, in John chapter 4, verse 1, and we'll, we'll read down a couple of verses. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And so he's leaving one area of the country to go into really his, his home area. And the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. And you know Jesus in, in his travels, he, he went from one place to the next. And at times he would tell his disciples, 
you know, let's, let's, uh, let's go up to the mountain and, and just, let's just draw away and, and let's set, us, set ourselves apart for a little while. And he, he really modeled that, that need to rest at times. But notice what he did here. He kept going. He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And notice this, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey. And boy, can't, can't we relate to that? As we think about sometimes the, the weeks seem to just go from blend into one week to the next and there doesn't seem to be any kind of respite. And what we find, Jesus himself, as he went from one thing to the next, the Bible's careful to tell us being wearied with his journey. But then notice what he does, sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. And I think we're familiar with the story of the woman of, of Samaria. We see her there, the, this, what some would say, a chance meeting with the Lord Jesus. And yet what we find is, is the Lord himself was determined to go through Samaria. If you know the, 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 the political and historical view there of, of the, the people of Israel and the Samaritans, they were, the, the Samaritans were seen as half-castes. They were seen as those that that were disagreeable to the whole concept of the Jews being a pure race. And, and, and in this moment in history, generally speaking, Jewish people didn't go through Samaria. They often traveled around it. And so even in this way, this was an unusual request of the Lord. This was an unusual route that he would take for a Jewish man. And yet what, he find, what we find is he must needs go through Samaria. And he, he, he determined that there was something for him to do there. And yet he, Jesus was in the midst of some weariness. He was wearied with his journey. And, and what we find, and I don't know about you, but there, there's a certain way I like to sort of, I, I like to be when I'm weary. I just want to stop. Right? Those who are close to me and they know when I'm weary, there's a certain attitude that I have that is probably not very nice, if I'm being honest tonight. And yet what we find in the Lord Jesus is, is really our prime example, and even in, in His weariness, He's an example to us. And, and I want to I show you a couple of things here as we think about Jesus in His weariness that perhaps in our weariness, we can, we can just sort of guard ourselves and check ourselves too. And notice the first thing there is that he focused on the must of life, not the more of life. You know, sometimes in our weariness, all we worry about is the more that we have to do. And what Jesus did, rather than going around, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. He, he was really, Jesus was being practical in a sense here. This was a shorter route through, but he also didn't forego within that the, his calculation of his purpose. You know, oftentimes uh, the times when we're weary is the times where we excuse ourselves from living for eternity. But, but Jesus had the focus of he must, the musts of life. And, and there, there, there's a great discipline to that, and there's a great, there's a great uh, resting in that. 
You know, sometimes we overcomplicate life and, you know, sometimes in our weariness, we're not the best, uh, we're not the best at, at life at that moment. And what Jesus was teaching us was that in his weariness, he just focused on what he must do. What he must. There's some musts in our life. There's a lot of more, and that's what we tend to focus on. We want to do more. But sometimes we just got to operate in this realm of what is must, what we must do. And Jesus focused on the musts of life, not the more of life. And what the must of life was, uh, he, he got to focus on one. You know, if you read the story, you, you know that the disciples in verse 8, they were gone away into the city. You understand that, that, that Jesus, he could have decided to go straight into the city. I mean, that makes sense. If you're going to go through here anyway, you might as well reach as many as you can. But you know, in his weariness, he thought, you know what I, I must do? I must just tend to the one. And, and Jesus decided that he's going to focus on the one and that particular one was going to be there at Jacob's well, going to be there in his weariness. He, he didn't need to do more. He just focused on what was, what was needful at the time. And it ended up that one, if you know the story, through her testimony, actually reached the multitude anyway. And because Jesus was, was, was understanding of his situation being weary, and understanding also that that was not an excuse to let go of those things that were necessary in his life, he was still able to be used to, use, to, to reach the multitude. And, and the one, which was the must, produced more. You know, too many times we, we sometimes inflate our importance. And we sometimes go, well, if I don't reach the multitude, who will? Well, in your weariness, you may not be able to. But there are still some things that you must do. And in this moment, the Lord Jesus was an example to us. He just at least spoke to the one. He didn't close himself off. He, could, he did what he could. And he did what he intended. And so he focused on the musts of life, not the more of life. And, but what we read there in verse 6 was as he was there at Jacob's well, notice what he did. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, he sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria. And then notice Jesus goes further. He says, give me to drink. You know, these were simple things we tend to do, right? Is when we're weary, we've got to do something. And here's what Jesus did. He, he steadied himself so he can meet a need. You know, sometimes when we look at, uh, look at the, the, the things that, we, we, that is before us, and, and no doubt the, the city was in, in, in Jesus' mind here, but he recognized that in his humanity right there, he needed to deal with his weariness. And what his weariness needed was for him to steady himself. And so he just found a way, and what he did, it was just he sat and he asked for water. And you know, that's what we can do. You know, sometimes, rather than keeping on going in our weariness, sometimes we can just sit and just trust. Let's just steady ourselves a little bit. And sit and trust that God will, will take care of the work, will take care of what is needed. And, 
And him sitting meant he allowed himself to steady in a busy time. And what he knew, the disciples didn't know, that there was going to be a city there that needed to be won. We know later on that the disciples come back and they totally missed the point. They, they asked him, hey, did anyone give you meat? Did anyone give you food? That's what they, all they were thinking about. They went into the city and they missed that multitude. And Jesus, even in his weariness, and no doubt the disciples in their weariness, they missed it, but Jesus didn't miss it. But he also didn't miss this. He steadied himself. Now, sometimes we can be guilty, again, of just seeing the need and seeing what needs to happen when, when actually what, what is most pressing is that we just steady ourselves and we trust that God will do it anyway. And he was still mindful of what was needful, in, even in the easing. We, you know, he went through this whole conversation the whole time steadying, steadying himself, sitting right there on the well. And right there, this woman came and he had this, this conversation with her, pointing out that actually, whilst he was requesting water, she was the one that needed her, her thirsting to be quenched by the fountain of living water. And, and Jesus, even in that moment, and, and here's what I'm saying, sometimes when we're, we are focused on steadying ourselves, we... we we excuse ourselves or we drop our responsibilities to, to meet the needs that we can meet. You know, sometimes in, in steadying ourselves, we say, well, I'm not going to deal with anything today. And then something pressing comes up and you sort of just, but we can do that what we can in our steadiness. And he was still mindful of what was needful even in the easing. And, you know, sometimes here's what we do when... And I know myself that sometimes if there's an opportunity for the Lord and I'm just in that rest mode or steadying mode, here's what I'll tell myself, well, that's not what I'm here for. But actually overarching all of that is our great purpose and our great responsibility to meet the needs of others. And so we trust God in that as well. And so Jesus steadied himself so he can meet a need. But then what we find as they go through, we know the story a little bit, um, she goes on and, and, you know, they go back and forth. He, she tries to put up different reasons why, you know, what Jesus was saying was not true. But at the end, she's convinced. She's convinced that in verse 25, the woman say, saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I, sp I that speak unto thee am he. And upon his, this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? And, you know, there was the, this was totally appropriate, what Jesus was doing, was uh, speaking to this woman. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to, to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him in the mean. So while all of this was happening, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And notice his response. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know what Jesus did in his weariness? He found his satisfaction on eternal things. And yes, he had to wait a little while here to 
maybe even get an opportunity to eat. The disciples come back, and it seems to be that that was the only thing on their mind. You know what they did? They missed the whole city. They didn't go about sort of just being a witness as they went. They missed the whole city. And yet Jesus, in in his weariness, because of his focus on the musts of life, because he just took the time to steady himself so he can meet a need, he found that the eternal things of this, even in this world that we get to be part of, is satisfying. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And the city, the city was one. The disciples missed it, but the city was one because Jesus just focused on the one. You see, what they didn't understand was when, when we focus on eternal things, actually we're just, we're just putting ourselves in God's timing, God's plan. Because if you continue reading verse 39... He tells them, you know, he that uh, say not ye there are yet four months. He was talking to them about the urgency at times of the need. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans would come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And notice this, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Notice what happened. No doubt, as the disciples came there, and, and as, as they came through, they, they had no inclination to stay. Again, this was the Samaritans. They, they wouldn't be caught dead here. <laughs> but what happened was they, start, they ended up abiding there two days. And, and talk about... That what was needed for Jesus was just to pause. You know what God provided in, 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 in him following what he must do, within that provided the, the rest that was needed. Suddenly they had the two days there, and no doubt there was some busyness in that, but they were abiding in, two, uh, in that city now. They got an opportunity to just pause. And, and, and in that, Jesus found that again, he found satisfaction in eternal things, but he was able then to show his disciples then that, you know, God will provide. God will. If we, if we would just, even in our weariness, just care for the things of God, he does. Because later on, in verse 43, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country and we know that area, there was a great amount of unbelief. And the Bible tells us in another part of Scripture that he did not many mighty works there because of the unbelief. And you know what was coming up? They just came from harvest. Now they're going to come to a place of just, it's, it's pretty low. It was a pretty low season then. And what happened was in the timeline of things, you know, busy and weary actually is seasonal. What, what the disciples didn't know and what Jesus knew was what was coming up was actually going to be a, a pretty low time of a, a huge contrast to the, the saving and the city being saved to now not many mighty works there. That means he didn't do too much there. And this was his hometown. He was able to then a little bit step back. 
Why? Because the season of reaping that he just saw was done. The, the busy season had finished. And, and sometimes we've just actually, in our weariness, just got to press on because a little while, a little while later, that busy season of reaping is over. And there's, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's some designed and designated rest to come. And, and I, I want to encourage you, maybe you're weary and you're thinking, well, there's no end to this. Weariness is seasonal. Busy is seasonal. And you've got to trust that God, in, you know, in all that he, in his sovereignty, in God, in all that he does, He's got some stops for you, and we've got, to be, we've got to be sensitive enough to know when those are. And so I want to encourage you tonight, maybe you are weary, it's the middle of the week, it's Wednesday, maybe you've had a tough start to the week. I want to, I want to encourage you, focus on the musts. What are the musts in your life? Take some opportunity maybe just to steady yourself a little bit and, and trust that God will take care of, of the, those other responsibilities, and, and then trust that as, as you continue on for him, you're not being weary and well-doing, but in due season you'll reap because it's seasonal. And I encourage you that you just, just press on for the Lord and, and he will. Um, find your satisfaction in eternal things and he'll fill you up and he'll keep you going as we, we go on uh, for, in this journey for him. All right, Brother Jewel, thanks.